Hello and welcome to The Free Associates. That's right, folks, The Free Associates. The freedom of association. That's like a fund of fundamental thing, right? The freedom to associate with anything or any idea that comes our way. And also the freedom to, like, uh, free associate, to, like, let your mind wander, like you're driving along and you see something and then you remember when you're seven years old or eight years old and it, it, a whole flood of things start coming in on you and you, you realize that the world is much more vast than we think it is and all of our memories are kind of accumulating on our back and everything we understand and all the opinions we have, they're all informed by all these little successes and failures in our lives are just weird incidents and weird episodes and that's what we are we're the free associates folks now we have a group page on facebook the free associates we also have a website the free associates.us whalen and i have been doing this as a radio show but we've been locked out from wmua along with everyone else you can't get into wa if you're a dj at wmua let me tell you unless you've got six sticks of dynamite you're not getting in that building okay it's it's locked and loaded for now And so we have resorted or actually elevated our platform via awesome technology and Wayland's genius to Facebook Live. We have all kinds of cool graphics and stuff like that, although I will show you my analog graphic. Look at that beautiful business card, folks. Look at that. The free associates. Gold, baby. Gold. Gold. On the other side, my other radio show, Barbarian in the Valley. But the free associates, and if you join our, our Facebook page, one person gets this every day. We, we put everyone's name in the hat. We draw a name out of the hat. And I'm going to mail this to you. I'll clean it. I'll Windex it before I send it to you. It'll be all clean. And you're going to get a free associates card. So please consider joining us at the free associates on Facebook. Giving us a like. And that's where our videos are going to be in the future. And so the whale dog is with us. And in a minute, we're going to bring on the courier, as he is known. The free associates. What we try to do is we're not really particularly political in the specific. We're trying to understand where society is going. We we usually base it on a reading, an article every week is what we do. But these days, these weekdays, what we're looking at is political as a series of about 30 or 35 writers who are saying, this is what I think might happen after coronavirus leaves and this is how it might impact American society. So now, Waylon, you there, pal? Here. I saw you dancing. We do have to talk music in a minute, but let's hold it off, okay? Now, if you're a fan of the show, you know that we do this loosening exercise, that that's what we do. We kind of loosen up because, uh, quite honestly, I'm pretty tight these days. I'm really quite, you know, I got kids, and I, they could be, like, trying to get into the studio at any second and clock their way in and, like, homeschool me, homeschool me, you know? And I get all kinds of other considerations, but it's so good because I get to dress up with you. I tell my students, don't dress in your pajamas, man. you got to get dressed up. This is the time to get dressed up. But one of the things that we do is we free associate. Now, folks, free association is not description. So the whale dog, if he can... Not description. It's not... Okay, I've messed up once this week. Fair enough. Whale, are you ready for the the drawing that I'm going to free associate on? I am hydrated. I am ready to go. Now, don't forget, I have to see it too. Not just the viewers. Okay. So give it to me in three, two, one, boom. Fly me to the moon, I'm falling, I'm falling. Little Italy is on fire, it's on fire. That one last cannoli, everyone's scraping on the ground to get it. Purple daiquiris, pineapple, the beach in Hawaii. Sand is so good, sand can be used for anything. I remember sticking my hands in sand at the beach. The waves gently cresting. Bum, 
not my best, but still was free association. I didn't. I You're didn't. Getting into it. You're getting into the rhythm. I didn't. Back on the. I didn't. The old horse over there. I didn't describe anything specifically. Now, before we bring the courier on, and we're looking forward to talking to him and maybe making fun of him a little bit, uh, for or making fun of somebody because something went wrong here. Gotta make. Gotta get him. Gotta get him. Yeah, yeah. Listen. Uh, question: Are you still doing under pressure underneath the intro there? Because it's got to be ice, ice baby. Like, do you understand the distinction between if it's under pressure instrumental, it's really like pretentious, you know? It's but if it's I, ice, ice baby, this is, the, this is this is where I now am control, so I can. Here and yeah, block hey, my audio. That's it. That's it. Take Todd. See? Bye bye, folks. Bye bye. This is how I lost the show. This is how I lost the show. But do you understand what I'm saying? That under pressure makes it sound like we're in some like you know heroic moment where we're just sitting in our houses. But Ice Ice Baby is an allusion to under pressure. But it also is, we're not taking it too seriously. So would you play that next time, please? So, sorry, I, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll remember to get those subtle undertones. We're talking aesthetics now, Waylon, aesthetics. All right, so Courier is with us, is he not? He's here. Now, how you doing, pal? I'm hanging in there. I'm doing all oh. right. Yeah, you're doing God's work over there because you're taking care of your sister's kids, right? Yeah, well, that's what I'm trying to do. We're trying to uh, pick up where school left off, I guess. Yeah. Which I... I found a, a new level of respect for, <laughs> I just got one <laughs> six-year-old kid trying to keep him on a packet. Uh, I got a new respect for teachers taking care of, uh, you know, 30 kids at a time. That's Oh, yeah. Especially those, feet. especially those young kids. I mean, I would say that I feel like if I can get two hours of good instruction in, that's enough for the day. And, you know, at that yeah. age, they're not getting more than really two hours. And then we go on the trampoline, we do other stuff. You know, academically, we're not doing more than two hours a day because I don't actually think they get more than two hours a day in school. Totally. I, I could get in trouble yeah. right now for saying that. I don't really want <laughs> to. Um, so, Waylon, are you to blame for Todd going to UMass today? <laughs> no. Todd's ignorance of the awareness that we're in this pandemic is the reason why Todd went to the to the station today. So talk to us, Todd. I, what did that look I, like? Well, see, I think I should have known that uh, under under Whalen's usual modus operandi that I should just assume what right. things are going to be. Yeah, uh, yeah. So figure it without out. Clear direction. You gotta, you gotta be, you got to think, think more about that. Talk. And uh, the, the thought did cross my mind. Said, you know, this is probably going to be online. However, it was like radio silence from this guy all day long. I, That's I what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I need saying. my beauty sleep, get, bro. I need my beauty I was, sleep. I was Listen. trying to get in touch with him. So I, I was I was messaging him to begin uh, with. Then I sent him an email. You know where I, I live. Like, oh. <laughs> I was like, Listen. oh, he's, he's not getting my messages. Listen. I, Listen, Todd. I mean, you've known him longer than I have. But let me tell you. With Waylon, you got to be very gentle, okay? There's, yeah. there's commitment issues there. You, you've got to just not, you know, you can't get too in his face. You know, yeah. you got to let it give him his space, you know? Yeah. And if you do, you, if you do, you're like, I texted you four hours ago. So I was in a meeting, you know? I so, was in a meeting. Yeah, yeah. so. In my, that's I was the, meeting that's my the pillow. response I got. Yeah, that's the response I, I got. Meeting, I was so, meeting my pillow. What was it, what was it like? What was it like um, over at the campus? Was it totally dead? Uh, except for construction workers. Yeah. I mean, honestly, as I'm walking, and I could get into the building, right? So I got into the Oh, you could? I got really? As, oh. I, yeah. I got as far as the door to the studio, but I was like, 
it was surreal. I mean, honestly, I can only imagine that this is what it's like walking, you know, uh, outside of Chernobyl, like just completely, uh, you know, devoid of people. And uh, it's quite odd. I think I, I saw maybe one person and they were like, you know, and <laughs> maybe I should be wearing a mask too. I wasn't. Um, but they're like in a mask and glasses and yeah. gloves and like this is just what the world looks like now. Yeah, well, I think like, it. I think it helps that it, that building looks like it's in Chernobyl too. <laughs> it sure does. Actually. You know, the UMass Campus Center looks like it's 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 a Soviet of what we call our Soviet structure there. Although I, yeah. I, I kind of like it. I kind of like it. So you went up to the to the studio, but you rushed home. Thank you so much for being with us today. Sure. You you've been on our show a bunch of times. By the way, folks, if you don't know. Courier is a he dispenses beverages is what he does. Uh, he's specialist. He's a doctorate in uh, handing out beverages. <laughs> <laughs> How did that all start from fluid distribution? Fluid distribution. Yeah, was, How do you get a doctorate in fluid distribution? I, yeah, what does I, that I even I mean? Mis- <laughs> I, I made the mistake of trying to describe what I do, uh, in, maybe in too technical terms, and you just filled in the blanks from there. And it turns out, <laughs> yeah, we're not good. Of, the, the description, the technical is. Uh, uh, oh yeah, got no respect. Met, de- met on deaf ears, basically. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with with derision, because the other thing about the pre-associates, we don't let experts on. Fortunately, we're not going to do a fluid distribution show at any time. <laughs> so we're pretty safe having you on. You've been on with us a couple of times. You're an awesome guest. And we're so glad to have you back. And so, Thank folks, um, today we're going to be looking at uh, another one of the issues. Now, so far, we've looked at the one one piece that said after this is said and done, Social distancing is not going to go away. Waylon and I disagree with that. Then yesterday was uh, saying that we think that perhaps there's some patriotism coming that will honor doctors and other things, not military, but a new kind of patriotism. I don't know where we ended up on that, but I was a little iffy on that. But today we're looking at the third piece, and you should be able to see that in the link of the Facebook. And by the way, if you're listening on, on WMUA Amherst, what we're doing is we're recording this one day and then popping it into the next weekday uh, because we are able to do that. We can't get into the station, but we can stream it out. Uh, Dan Farrar is the, the best engineer ever, and he's over there at WMUA uh, making things happen. So this third piece, do you want, should I describe it, or does someone else want to take it? So far, I've been, I'm happy. So the, the, Go ahead. That little blurb that you, that little blurb that you sense, um, yeah. do you want to read that? I, I, can, I can queue up the uh, but those you, three paragraphs. Uh, you said that, that that was too long. You were you. But those three? No. Well, but you told me I, yesterday I read too long, so I was I didn't want to do that. You well, think? Should I? Go ahead, because I have, right. I have them as graphics. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. I okay. have them as graphics. All right, cool. All right, I think it's worth doing. So this is Peter T. Coleman. He's a professor of psychology at Columbia who studies intractable conflicts. His next book, The Way Out, How to Overcome Toxic Polarization. Oh boy, that's a useful book. Will be released in 2021. Uh, and this is called The Decline in Polarization. Interestingly enough, I really feel like, uh, in a way, COVID is like a Rorschach test for a lot of people. So all these thinkers seem to be addressing this in ways that they understand, like that's their specialty. doesn't mean they're you wrong. You definitely use your brain as, as a result of this. You can, yeah. You, it's, it's almost like artistic in a way that you kind of formulate things on the fly about all of this. Are you talking about me? Weird. 
No, just just <laughs> theories and things in, that are coming out in, in general. general? I, I, you're talking yeah, yeah. about the way that we're looking at the pandemic, or, or what do you mean? Yeah, yeah, I just, can like you it. said, the Rorschach test, it's like it's like just thinking about and interpreting everything is changing on the fly. It's just yes. kind of it's kind of crazy. And by the way, yeah. you know, Whalen is over there. He's created these awesome graphics and he's got hotkeys and he's he's partly doing the job that like five people would do behind the scenes and trying to keep up with the conversation <laughs> and trying to be coherent. So if he's not coherent, don't get, don't blame him. Um, but I totally get what you're saying, Waylon. Is that like, and we've talked about this before. The whole thing is, is like running a data partition, defragging a hard drive of every civilization in the world. You know, it's like running through every institution, every civilization, every political party, everything, every kind of relationship you can imagine. It's all basically being redone. So. And, you know, I don't, we could be looking at this for a long time. So here's what, um, here's what Coleman says. The extraordinary shocks to our system that the coronavirus pandemic is bringing has the potential to break America out of a 50 year plus of escalating political and cultural polarization we have been trapped in and help us to change course towards greater national solidarity and functionality. It might sound idealistic, but there are two reasons to think it can happen. The first is the common enemy scenario in which people begin to look past their differences when faced with a shared external threat. COVID-19 is presenting us with a formidable enemy that will not distinguish between reds and blues and might provide us with a fusion-like energy and a singularity of purpose to help us reset and regroup. During the Blitz, the 56-day Nazi bombing campaign against Britain, Churchill's cabinet was amazed and heartened to witness the ascendance of human goodness, altruism, compassion, in generosity of spirit and action. The second reason is the political shockwave scenario. Studies have shown that strong, enduring relational patterns often become more susceptible to change after some type of major shock destabilizes them. This doesn't necessarily happen right away, but a study of 850 enduring interstate conflicts that occurred between 1816 and 1992 found that more than 75% of them ended within 10 years of a major destabilizing shock. I'm not totally sure what that means, but societal shocks can break different ways, making things better or worse. But given our current levels of tension, the scenario suggests that now is the time to begin to promote more constructive patterns in our cultural and political discourse. The the time for change is clearly ripening. Okay, folks, what do you want to do with that? Todd, what's your thing? There's a lot. Todd, what what was your impressions of this? Well, I think that... um I think that there's there's certainly a lot to be said for the way that a society will respond to a major shock and that essentially this type of shock, it, I, it has to require that we go back to a new state of equilibrium, right? So that things can't necessarily go back to the way that they were before, especially for how long this is planning to go on for, right? So I don't know. Again, you know, you two being the history buffs here, right? I don't know. Do we have anything in history that takes us uh, under a circumstance like this where people have been sort of forced um, on such a global scale kind of simultaneously together to just disperse and not be sort of engaging with each other? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I didn't know Waylon liked history, so I'll take this one. Um, (laughs) That's just a, if you've seen our promo video, you know that reference. But, um, you know, uh, well, the Black Death, they did, you know, to, to what they could. You get, It's interesting. You know, the Canterbury Tales is 
those stories, I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but they're they're leaving the cities to go to the country in the Canterbury Tales, and they're telling stories along the way. They're trying to escape a plague in the Canterbury Tales. Um, sure. So, you know, have people isolated like this? I think that they have. I think that they did in the Spanish flu as well. Um, right. But then there's this communication aspect of it that plays into a whole new dynamic, right? Yeah. Just the fact that we have this instantaneous kind of communication, you know, across the world, all sort of understanding, um, you know, not only that we're all isolating and, and as you said, I think in response in the past, we've done isolation, but I think to have kind of the combined effect of understanding that there's a pandemic, understanding that there's a threat, and then also kind of in real time, kind of responding to uh, other nations' responses to this. And, and, and again, what does that mean for how our, our society will, what will we do with this, right? So as, as the article refers to, are we going to go somewhere positive or are we going to go somewhere negative? I, I like to lean, I'd like to lean into the idea that we'd go somewhere positive. We'll take this as an opportunity to um, reduce things like the polarization that's going on and, and, and all that. Well, let's take, let's take, go, uh, go ahead, Waylon, sorry. I like the idea. So the, just thinking about the parallels to just the mobilization for in like wartime and this external threat and stuff. It's there's some really cool things um, happening in the in industry. And uh, have you heard about just like General Motors and other and like GE? They're they're uh, refitting their factories to make mm-hmm. ventilators. Mm-hmm. It's just such yeah. a cool and like there was companies that were like overnight they were like we have to like small companies of like just manufacturing like little sprockets and things like that for the ventilators that overnight they were thinking about laying off people the next day they had an order of like 10 times the amount of normal production that they had to do so they actually had to hire people now obviously that's an outlier thing but yeah. it's just you think like when i was thinking about this i was like there's no mobilization of this that there is this kind of quiet underlying mobilization of different things and on top of that the way that the world community is actually the uh, the companies that are trying to make vaccines and, and different things like that coming together is really astounding it's actually really it's really inspiring to see just the, the way that they're interacting and as if this was like an alien life form like coming to to earth that you're trying to destroy us it's 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 really cool well i think that is cool Waylon. although i have to say uh, and i think we should deal with this little article in its two pieces right its first part is talking about the blitz in england um the blitz though is so Waylon, you're talking about this kind of really subtle and kind of hard to spot it's not like front and visible it's not people like going down to the subway together like they did in the Blitz. You know, that's what happened in the Blitz is everyone had to go down in the subways every night. They were all together. We're not experiencing that. Also, I guess my argument against him on the first point would be like, this is not a shared enemy like the Nazis. This is like a really invisible, brainless enemy. It's a virus. And so it's hard for, and it's also hard for us to fight. Like, I can't get drafted into that war to fight COVID. I suppose I could, but like it's it's not the same as fighting an enemy that you can kind of create characterizations of and like it's actually yeah, I just don't see oh, it as a biggest, unifying. The thing, I think I think the biggest thing is that you're not when united we stand, divided we fall is is basically the the way that you want to think about nations and things like that. The we have to be d- divided is how we survive, and so it has hmm. this weird, like, non personal 
uh, thing where we're in solidarity by not being united. Yeah. And it's, it's, it flips that entire narrative on his head. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a really interesting thing to point out, right? It's the fact that, so even though collectively we feel as though we are united in this, this, um, you know, all understanding that the, you know, as, you know, we're talking about, this isn't something that we can just go and suit up and, you know, strap on uh, a gun and go and fight, right? This is something that we fight by being committed to the idea of um, um, being away from each other, right? But at the same time, we're all together in that sense of that this is how we collectively do it. And I think, you know, something that's different about this enemy, right, is that um, I guess people, society in general, seem to really band together to fight common enemies. This, This particular enemy, right, is one that is against the entire human race. So it doesn't really, mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't really matter what your political affiliation is or what your race is or what the, you know, what any of that is no longer on the table for well, um, how we pick that enemy, right? I mean, uh, except class is still on the table, you know, class and wealth is still on the table. But yes, I agree with you in general. How about this as a new slogan? Yeah. United we decide, divided we survive. You in- let it sink in. Yeah. Are you pitching it to Big Brother? Like, <laughs> sounds great. Well, it, get, it, it works. <laughs> okay, yes. United we decide, yeah, it, divided it, it, we survive. No, no, not dystopian. The focus group of two was really enthused by it. Oh, sure. they're stunned. <laughs> stunned silence. We lost We lost one of our three uh, viewers after you said that, Norm. Yeah, uh, that's all right. That's all right. They'll, they'll come back. They're, they're just going to get their friends. They're just going to get their friends. That's what happened. Listen, uh, never point out. Come on. You know in broadcasting, never point out that you don't have viewers watching you. Jesus. Uh <laughs> United we decide, divided we survive. Because that's what you were saying, Waylon and Todd, is that the way we're showing unity is by separating from one another. Um, I just don't think it, I'm sorry, I don't think it can have any of the chemistry of the Blitz or anything like It doesn't feel that way to oh, me. No. You know, it doesn't, I don't, it just, I don't think anybody's suggesting that. Well, he is. I think he is. I think he's saying that this there's a common enemy that's COVID that's going to bring us all together. Um, I just don't. I don't personally feel that. If if the Chinese were landing troops on Eastern Mass, I'd feel that. You know, I know I would feel that. Or whoever. If if actual aliens were coming down, I'd feel that. But this is not. Does not feel that way. So, you, yeah, I think he is suggesting that, and I disagree with that. See, I think that the challenge is to come. Right. Maybe this. Maybe this is a pessimistic view of ultimately what the fallout will be as a result of the measures that have needed been needed to to be taken in order to try and deal with the issue of uh, uh, the transmission of the virus. But I think that there's going to be long-lasting global impacts that um, we're going to need to respond to. Right. That people are going to feel a lot more and a lot harder than sort of just this one. Thing of, of trying to isolate, right? And being together and isolating at some point, you know, people are going to have to go back to work. Uh, we're going to have to address issues that came as a result of this, all the things that come up uh, in our response to pandemics, right? I think that, you know, as far as a, a trial run goes for our response to pandemics, this, you know, when you look at the numbers and I don't want to be like too, you know, not looking at the humanity of it, but I think when you look at the numbers of this, as far as uh, a trial run on a pandemic. This this one might 
might not be that bad of one to try our right. response to. I, I hear you. I think that um, I, I get it. And it's not callous to say that. It's You're basically saying that uh, uh, there could be a much worse pandemic than this. Correct. And it's really important. Oh, yeah. This is a big old wake-up call. And the other aspect, of course, is the economic aspect to follow. Um, that's going to be something. And yes. I do think you could get unity around that. I think there was unity in the New Deal. And there was, we do have some precedent for that. Waylon, I know that you wanted to say something. Do you want to come in on that? Or should we move on to the second point? No, you can go. You, you can, you can move do you guys on. get what I'm saying, though? Which is, I, I, I don't feel like this is a common enemy a la the Nazis or anything like it's, that. It doesn't feel that again, way. But again, I think it comes back to proximity. Okay. Mm-hmm. It comes, it, it, is COVID at your actual doorstep? COVID is not dropping bombs overhead and you're fearing like that. It's a, it's an unknown. Like you said, I definitely agree with that. You're not going, it's it, unless every single family was infected and we saw a, the pandemic in every single household, you don't have that same, the, the, the stakes mm-hmm. aren't as high yeah. as and I, they were in with the, with the blitzkrieg or things like that. Right, you know what right, I'm saying? Right. And, yeah. and even like when you're talking about if every family were exposed to the pandemic, right, the number of people or the percentage of people that are experiencing um, in your face symptoms that are, are, are threatening, right? And again, this is not to be insensitive to the people who, who are experiencing those types of things. Again, it's not the same thing as having, you know, people banging on your door at uh, not, you know, on, on a widespread scale, right? Uh, that level of, I think, in your face that you're talking about. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think we're kind of feeling like perhaps that first point doesn't have the teeth. I mean, it would be nice to think so. I don't think it's a good um, comparison. Now, the second one is this idea that this is a destabilizing event, right? And I thought that was interesting. A study of 850 enduring interstate conflicts. Uh, I'd like to look at that study. 75% of the men within 10 years of a major destabilizing shock. So the second point is that this is going to be, this is going to rattle the cage so much that, okay, I think what he's uh, perhaps saying is that polarization is a result. Here's the argument. Polarization is a result of things going on and on as normal. And then, but they're kind of like slanting and people are kind of further and further distancing themselves on the two political wings. And that a big crash like this shakes that that the snow globe up basically and so that's his second argument um which i I think is a little bit more credible but what do you guys think about that i mean i i tend to agree that there's a certain amount of realism that comes with an event like this especially something on this scale and something that is being felt so uh kind of you know leveling the playing field so to speak Right. I think that that can put into perspective, um, you know, these other arguments that maybe we've been having that have been going on for a long time. And by taking uh, even taking a break from those uh, arguments to reevaluate, you know, where we stand and what matters to us, I think can be a really important way of shaking things up. And then, again, reestablishing reestablishing our common ground. Yeah, I, I I have a much more cynical approach to all this. I think that you already see in in the the everything that we're dealing with right now. You still see the political mm-hmm. totally the political 
ideologies attacking each other and they just it's it's just they use it as a vehicle to frame their arguments yeah totally it's it's it, it just it don't it, it will ne- it will never go away well it will always yeah. be whatever is going it you would need to have something as as extraordinary as an alien like invasion and a true alien invasion where we're like shooting like laser guns at each other for us to to come together in that way but that being said there are certain commonalities that we're we're finding with each other but just turn on the news and you can see people are, yeah. people have not changed in their in their steadfastness well well let's be let's be careful when you say people the media certainly hasn't um, I don't know about people because all we're presented with is a media narrative that we're, we can't be sure about. Um, we uh, are open to it. So, and I, I bet you, I really bet you a lot of people are reconsidering um, things. So let me just put that yeah. out there. Todd? Well, I think, I think uh, Jer has a good point in that when you look at some, if when you look at some of the things going on already, right, I think that there's a certain element of political leadership that can really feast on fear. And the, the fact that the population at large right now is in such a state of fear, they're uh, pretty pliable. Um, and I think that certain politicians might take that as an opportunity. At least that's how I interpret kind of what, you know, one way, a cynical way in which uh, this event could, could play out. So let me reframe my question. Okay, let me reframe it like this. Do you think that anybody's political ideology has changed as a result of COVID-19? Okay, can no. I can I answer that? But can I give you a yep. couple sentences? Well, I, well, I mean, before I guess, before, you know, anybody like. Um, no, I mean, do, do, do you think people's? Well, no, I mean, I'm not like Joe down at uh at the gas station, really. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm just saying. It's kind of rhetorical. I I think it's rhetorical. But okay, it's not. Yeah, it's, go ahead, Norm. You might think that people's ideologies have changed. It's not rhetorical. Political uh, ideologies. Yeah, no, I understand. It's not rhetorical. And remember, the article says 10 years. Okay, so it's not today. It's not next week. It's okay. not even next year. It's 10 years. My argument is is that... So <clears> remind, I'll remind myself in 10 years that, that you were wrong on this? Sure, if that's what you wanted to. <laughs> and I'm sure if I'm right, you won't mention it at all. You won't mention it at all. Sweep it under the rug. What, what did I say to you last time? I was like, oh, this, this, things changed. And I changed my perspective. That's on, right. On things changed. Closure. Yeah, because uh, two days before school is closed, I said, you, when school is closed, and he got all upset, schools aren't going to close. So anyway, listen, I really want to make an argument here. Here's the argument is that the political ideological divide we have in this country is based, in my opinion, on economic situations and economic goals and stuff like that. I've always believed that in America, economics leads society and political considerations. Um, I think that the economics of this is going to be so destabilizing that it's going to scatter those teams. I'm not saying a new ideology might not form, but those people on those teams are going to be scattered. I really believe that. Now, look at it from this point of view. I think that it's very conceivable that Trump will lose votes for the handling of the COVID. It's possible. Let's just say I'm not I'm not crystal balling this, but it's conceivable. However, and in the the opponents of Trump, that might be very exciting. However, on the other hand, uh, economic nationalism might flourish in the next ten years, like it hasn't flourished before. Like Trump could lose individually, but the agenda of Trump could really do well. In the if there's a decline in globalization, if there's a worldwide Great Depression, we know 
that when that happens, nations turn in on themselves. So what I'm um, what I'm suggesting is that it's not that political ideologies won't exist in the next 10 years, but the teams will get shaken up because and I think this is something, Waylon, I don't feel like you're really getting yet. And maybe it's not for you to get. But I actually think like the economics of this are, you know, are very, very real. And people are not just going to kickstart a global economy because the money is not going to be there to do it. And so we're going to be living with new sides, new reds and blues. And in the beginning, they're not going to be as polarized as they used to be because that's what happens over time. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. I think that, that, that the economic impact is going to radically change ideologies on how the – it's not changing people's parties though. That's what I'm that's what I'm saying. It's not going to change people's parties, but it's going to change policy. It's going to change difference in policy. Tr Donald Trump is sending $1200 checks to Americans, okay? Think about the idea of doing that as a Republican. Well, okay. Fair fair you enough. Know, yeah, yeah, it's I mean, that's changing, fantastic. It's not shifting parties, it's mm -hmm. changing the the ideology and structure of how we have to to, to deal with things. So then you would agree then, you would agree. You've just found a perfect yeah. example of how, in fact, this is such a destabilizing shock that ideologies think, well, will change. Now, so we agree, we actually agree with each other. I think the clarification here was that there was a shift. It wasn't a changing of parties. It's a shifting in the entire no. thing is, is, is um, kind of like shaken up. But that's right. But but also, Whalen, I mean, Trump has changed the Republican Party radically from what it was yeah. six years ago. Like parties themselves change. You yeah. know, you look at Lincoln's Republican Party during the Civil War, it was like three parties. So, yes, you know, there's the Democrats, there's the Republicans, although it used to be flipped. You know, the de what a Democrat and a Republican yeah. meant well, 100 years ago was very different than what it means now. But I just think, yes, I think that we're Todd, are you willing to join us on that one then? I mean, I, I I think there's good points on both sides, right? And as I think you are coming to the same conclusion, and I I, I agree, right? Is that um, ultimately the economic fallout from this, right, is going to result in a need for a radical shift in business as usual, right? And as a result of that, policies and ideologies are going to follow, right? I mean, even here, when you're looking at, you know, we keep talking about Trump, right? When you're looking at his behavior and the way that he's almost flip-flopped on this the, this this problem of the pandemic a couple times now it's all about trying to uh it's all about trying to manage what he thinks is going to win the election right to a certain extent right um and i think that that uh that's going to be the, uh, the case across the board right so we're going to see i agree we're going to see huge economic fallout something that could take uh could take you know, a decade or more to, to, to deal with. And as a result of that, political ideology will probably follow. Yeah. By the way, I, I don't totally agree that, I don't know if Trump is saying this stuff just to win the election. I, I don't know. He certainly has people speaking in his ear and, and two weeks ago I had people saying, this is going to cause more damage to the economy, which is a real consideration. Definitely. You know, um, so I, I don't, I don't know. I just don't know. You know, I, you don't, I think don't. so. I, well, I'm sure that's a factor. You know, the I mean, job being so close to the election and everything with, you know, all of that motivation. And again, it's sort of it's hard because this is it's I don't want to say it's 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 taking a back. The election is taking a back seat. Right. But I, I still can't imagine that even with his advisors and also his own motivations, that, that this is that there isn't some well, some underlying. 
I guess, I guess, well, I guess my point would be, it, well, okay, we don't, I guess I don't know. Well, not, <laughs> I, I guess uh, ulterior motive is not a, the good, the proper terminology. Well, that, my, I guess. Ulterior motive would be that he mm -hmm. was thinking of it like, yeah. I guess if I was president, I would think whatever is the right thing to do now is copacetic with me getting reelected. Like they're, they're, totally. they're, they're totally enmeshed with each other. Um, if I do the right thing, then that's going to be good for me to get reelected. You know, I don't see anything like wildly divergent from that. Um, by the way, I predicted yesterday, Andrew Cuomo is the next president of the United States. And based on the fact that Biden and Sanders are so old that, and, and I think Waylon has finally had time to reconsider that and has agreed with me. No. So, okay. <laughs> hey, Waylon, can you put that music up? That music that we're going to change tomorrow? Because it's about time that you guys start to free associate, okay? Now, folks, I want to remind you, you're listening to the Free Associates. That's right. You're listening or viewing. You're either viewing it on Facebook Live or you're listening on WMUAM. We're the Free Associates. We've been around forever, man. We've been around for a year. Our website's thefreeassociates.us and the Facebook page is the Free Associates and we would love to have you join our Facebook page. We're going to keep this up every weekday as long as we can and through Wayland's genius and our awesome bullpen of people like The Courier, um, Daddy Wags, Laura Federusso. i got to get her on next week. She's excellent. So, now, to end the show, you guys are going to free associate. Now, don't let him jam you up here, okay? He's got this... He'll jam... He'll just sit on you and jam you up. He'll jam you up. And uh, let's remember that free association is not description, folks. So, And you out there, you can rate these guys on their ability to free associate in three, in two, and in one. So many Every questions. Ideas in my mind that are always flowing. <laughs> bubbles. Flowing in your Coca-Cola. Taste it. Taste like caramel swirls swirling in your mind, in your memory, in a distant dream of a time that you can sit on a bench with another friend and share that Coca-Cola. Oh, God. Todd, you, you totally dropped that one, man. <laughs> I'm, 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 still very, yeah, I'm still very new to this free association thing. <laughs> Hats off to you both. Well, you know what? Thanks so much for being with us. And, and Waylon, that was actually a better one for you. That These are, by the way, these are, these are notes from my honors world history class. And I've been, I've been letting them bid on it. There's a code here. So the first person to see the code can email me and then I'll mail them these notes. Okay. And I told uh, them I'm going to sign it as well so we can double the... Double the... Triple. Uh, quadruple. <laughs> Actually make it valuable. Actually make it valuable. Okay, folks. Well, thanks so much for being with us here on Facebook Live or WMUA Amherst. We are the Free Associates. We love to free associate. We believe in the freedom of association and we want to make sure that you guys are, are having an okay time out there as we look at these issues. Now, Waylon, what's your sign-off? Be smart, be safe, and don't be stupid. That's excellent. And I'm going to say, stay healthy, stay connected, and stay calm. I can't even remember. In any case, guys, thanks so much for being us with us, and bye-bye. We'll see you on Monday, okay? <laughs>